Cause I'm in the shit house Wish I played in a rock and roll band Somebody give me a dollar bill So I can pass out on the jukebox singing Alright, I've got watching that Comedy Store special I saw the first two No What'd you think? It's cool to know about the history of that place. I'm a sucker for any any kind of documentary like that where it gets into, you know, folks, uh, especially moving to L.A. in pursuit of a thing, and then seeing the success stories. Because, you know, it, it's, it's easy to get wrapped up in all the failures, which there are the majority of folks who move out here don't end yeah, up doing yeah. what. But that being said, it's cool to see the traits of the folks who do and the fact that uh, nine times out of ten, there are folks who treat it like an art form, not like a career. And uh, then end up getting good enough within that medium to um, actually make money at it. I definitely love all things stand-up comedy. I try to watch as much as I can as far as the history and new people. And yeah. I really, I really dig stand-up. I'm so impressed by people who try, who choose that as a career. Because like, it's, it's such tough sledding. I feel like it's well, worse it's, than it's being a, a musician. Oh, yeah. I don't, know. I, think, I don't know about that. No, Absolutely I mean, well... There's no question. No, I mean, people... They, they love to hate you. They want to fucking boo you. When you're a musician, they're going to be like, eh, you know, even if you are mediocre, they'll be like, oh, that was, uh, yeah, Well, because if you're playing guitar at all, if someone who can't play guitar, it's impressive. <laughs> anyone could get up there and suck Yeah, dick, yeah, anyone, even yeah. I, I know I'd be horrible at stand-up comedy, but when I'm watching, I'm like, Hmm. Maybe I, I, yeah. I, think it, I think in both cases, you, you, you have... I have funny thoughts. You're putting, <laughs> you're putting it on the line, either way. Like, in front of people. You're putting something creatively out there in front of people in a live yeah, setting. But yeah. just, I, I would say the only difference for me would be if you're doing it as a band, you actually are doing it with other people, which probably makes it less... Um, no, but you have a you have a guitar. You have a yeah, you have you something have a lot to protect of you. Between you and between the, you and the audience. And, and the I, would, audience. I would agree with that. And um, also... If it doesn't like as a band, if it even if it like most bands, like you know, people maybe don't dig it at first, but you can still be just having a good time. Like your your enjoyment doesn't depend on the audience if you're really having a good time. But like with a comedian, and you tell yeah. a joke and no one laughs, not yeah. having a good and, time. And you're super focused. The audience is super focused. You know, I mean, you're not really supposed to talk too much. You're, you're not like dancing or anything. And I've always said like people love to love musicians and love to hate comics. As a comic, you have to be great. Or people are gonna be like, because everybody's kind of funny. It's like that's why it's because it's like being being mediocre like, at it if, is if no you skill. Go through like a uh, open mics and stuff for musicians is just as tough. I mean, people well, it's are brutal. You know, yeah, it's brutal. but it's people not. It's not. It's you. not a two drink minimum at on Sunset Boulevard open mic. I, well, exactly because it's because there you actually have like some people watching that aren't. Well, I guess it's probably similar. You probably most of the people there are your friends, and if you have any friends that want to come, but open well, mics. I mean, they're just, they're just like, as brutal. Yeah, but musicians don't generally have hecklers. If you play a shitty song, people are going to be like, "Boo, you fucking suck." You know what I mean? True, but the, the silence is just as painful. Now, I, I that too, <laughs> I've transcended. Uh, I've transcended that, Josh. <laughs> I no longer care. Do you guys have an opinion? Uh, because I keep reading these little excerpts from, I guess, Peter Frampton's uh, autobiography that's coming out. Do y'all have a, much of an opinion on Frampton? Yeah, he's fucking a incredible guitar player. He's a fucking fantastic guitar player. And he's a good songwriter. He's a really good songwriter. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's it's great. I don't put it on much. I mean, I think I really, my eyes were open to Frampton during Wayne's World <laughs> when they talked about Frampton. How everyone has Frampton comes alive. I think that's the first time I really kind of even knew the name. 
I haven't listened to a lot of his beats, B-sides or anything. I mean, I know his radio hits and it's cool stuff. Yeah, he's I mean, he's a awesome good. I mean, even if only for do you feel like we do, man. I mean, that the guitar playing of that is just awesome. Yeah. He didn't want to be clapped in. He didn't want to be a blues player. He didn't want to just play the melody. He wanted to play more jazz oriented, play around the melody. With all those guys, though, the key is they have good. They're playing on good songs. The key to being a good guitar player is playing on Fuck good songs. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> it does wonders no. for your playing. The whole key is a good song, and that brings us to this week's song on the podcast. Pod gave rock and roll to you, and this week's song is a song that Mr. Jonathan Horton picked, and it is "Seasons." No, waiting on you by Future Islands. Future Islands are cool, man. I discovered them in a way I never discovered bands, which is just by the how interesting I thought their name was. I was at a buddy's house hanging out, and I'm a night owl, and like a very late night owl. And my buddy's, unlike me, is very successful in life, and he goes to bed early. He was in bed early, and I was up, and I was Austin City Limits. So I was like, who's on? And it was like Future Islands. Like, that's just a pretty cool combination of uh, that's pretty good. Word. I like that. It's like time and space like they don't really it's an adjective that doesn't describe space so i thought it was kind of cool and so i popped it on and i check out music all the time i mean i'm always listening to different things and for the first time in a long time when i turned that on i saw something i had never really seen exactly and uh that doesn't happen too much i was really impressed by that i was really uh I like the fact they weren't pandering to an audience they weren't trying to fit a mold you could tell they weren't careerists they were way too unique and original to be trying to become famous ironically oftentimes those are the bands that do succeed because their goal is self-expression not a career goal and I was just stunned this song seasons I think really kind of exemplifies everything I love about them probably definitely my favorite new band of the last I mean I really do like the Arctic Monkeys and stuff, but they're they're more of a style. I think they're probably the most one of the most inventive bands since Radiohead. Now I'm not they're not Radiohead because Radiohead's been doing this for decades and changing album to album. But it's everything I like about good pop, but also because it's very artistic and and you rarely do see something that the, it, it very 80s. It still had some experimenting to it, but also still had a great pop songwriting sensibility. I would agree with you on this song. I don't know about them as a band. I've listened to some of their other stuff and I definitely dig them. I see what you're saying. They're not afraid to be exactly who they are, especially the lead singer. Right. Cracks me up. But I also heard about this song in a very unique way that I just remembered. I, I was at a party and I just asked a stranger, hey man, what's your what's your favorite album of the year? And it was funny because like the guy <laughs> was just, me. the guy was so put off by the question. Oh, he was? I was, I was just kidding. Well, just like, Oh God! That guy's one of these, a dick, one of these guys. That guy's a like, dick. No, I was just yeah, definitely, definitely, <laughs> he was a dick. But he told me Future Islands, and then the next day, I went and listened to the song, and I was like, I'll be damned, that shit is good. I must say, I mean, you said you got turned on by just randomly watching on on Austin City Limits. I came to the video, like the the Letterman videos, is kind of how the song became so famous. But I, I definitely like the recorded version much better. I think some of the stuff in in their live performances gets a little too crazy 
it, it almost feels like self-aware. Like I've, I like how the, the song recorded version is such a just masterpiece of just kind of a good pop song. I mean, I, I love how it just builds. I love the, the powerful chorus and obviously the vocal performance is fantastic. This song is, is very good. Very good song. It's hard to find fault with much of it. I will push back on your point that they're like, I listened to the album today. Not a good album. This is the first song on the album, and it is by far it's the a best big drop album. I mean, it's good. Uh, it's fine. I, I haven't listened to their other stuff, so I don't. I can't judge them as a band. I will say that album is not something I want to listen to again. But this song, I just heard it because it was a big hit. What, what's the radio station? KCRW. Mm-hmm, I probably mm-hmm. they probably started playing it on KCRW. I used to, or I was still managing a hotel when this song came out. And I listen to that every morning in the office, and I'm sure that's the first time I heard this. I didn't see the Letterman performance until later, but the thing that why, why is my mind going blank? The thing that struck, really grabs you by the balls. It struck out, <laughs> struck out, struck out. I keep thinking of struck out to me first, but it's stuck not. What's the word I'm looking for? Huh? Stuck out. Caught your attention. Stuck out. Caught your attention. Jesus Christ. I, I'm getting older. I, I can't. I can't. Words don't come to me as quick as I used to. So the thing, <laughs> the thing I noticed first, and that when I when I first heard this song, that I really like gravitated towards it, was the fact that this guy in this song sounds like Elton John. Yeah. And no one. I've never heard anybody else. I'll make the comp of when I first heard Tame Impala. I was like, this band sounds like Revolver, and I had never heard anything other piece of music. Other than revolver, that sounded like revolver. Uh, let me let and me clarify real quick. When you say sound, this, me, I just want to clarify. When you say sounded like, do you mean like his voice? He sounds like Elton John singing. Yes. When he goes into embrace, it, it's yeah, very yeah. Elton John. I've never thought that. I think that was a little more Creed. Can no, you do that I, again? I've never thought Elton uh, John, but I, that was more Creed on my <laughs> end because I'm not Elton John. Or are you having a surf again? <laughs> You're not Samuel T. Herring. <laughs> Um, you were what's that word I'm looking for? Oh, you were stuck. <laughs> but no, I was just like, wow, this this sounds like Elton John. Like the way he, his vocal inflections and the way he's going up into range and down remind me of Elton John, which was very unique. That's what stuck out to me about the song. I saw him in concert, and it definitely starts feeling a bit homogenous. But it's a fun vibe, man. It's a cool vibe. It's not Dylan where I need to sit and hang on every word kind of thing, but like it's a really good vibe. Everybody seemed to have a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun. But the thing I was going to say that really st- st- word stuck out to me was that he reminded me. Now, I'm not saying he is this guy, but more than almost anybody I've ever seen in music, he reminded me of like Marlon Brando, like young Brando. It's very theatrical, like a very... With less hair. Mm-hmm. Brando didn't have a whole lot of hair back in the day either. Like, I mean, he wasn't losing I'm not going to count fucking follicles, but whatever. I'm saying he's not, I don't know, he's not Oscar yeah, Isaac he ha- hair. He has he's a very, Oscar- I'm kidding. Very specific from someone look. who ha- is follicularly challenged, I'm just Why making no? I'm it just saying, I'm just saying, like, Brando was... <laughs> so, no, but he, he, he just, he has those, he's very theatrical. It, it reminded me of, like, Hamlet, like, Brando doing Hamlet or something in the middle of this techno dance band. And I thought the juxtaposition of that was super cool. And there again, the fact that you could tell something about the people, about the guys, just from a few minutes of one song that you could tell they're probably involved in theater somehow. Well, definitely art school vibe. And I thought it was very unique. It's funny. One of their, their first band names was the, the Art Lord and the Self-Portraits. 
Nice. Right. And they're a North Carolina band, by the well, way. Kinda. No, they're, they're a Baltimore band, but they're from North Carolina. A couple of the guys are from North Carolina. So moving on to the lyrics, what do you guys think this song is about? This, okay, so that's one thing I love about this song. The lyrics are pretty direct. They're not super like obscure or, or mysterious, but they're very um, compelling. I think they're very, they're very powerful. Because, I mean, it's season change, life change. Like, it's about relationship. You can, t- you can tell it's just about a relationship changing and how people change. And it feels like a different season of your life. You know, when you're with someone for a long time and then it sure. goes. And, and it's saying as, this, as things change, you get something new, but you also lose part of the old stuff. That's what yeah. impresses me is it's so straight ahead, but it's still very artistic. I mean, with many songs, I'm not a huge lyric guy. Like, the, it's all secondary. I love this song, and until we started doing a deep dive on it, I didn't even know what he was saying in the chorus. Basically, after <laughs> seasons change and I the music caught my ear, I was like, all right. It's just season. It's about seasons changing, man, and I like its vibe. <laughs> but when I did sit down and listen, and like I said before, I love the chorus, and I love that what he is saying is a kind of sincere, artistic way that weaving the seasons into this kind of love story. My favorite line is, um, "People change, they gain a piece, but they lose one too." That's a great line. You know, I, I think at first I thought it was about, I've been waiting on you like he's waiting for a lover, but yeah. it seems like it's he's waiting for the lover he's currently with to fucking get on board, and that doesn't happen. And winter comes and it's over. Yeah, He's waiting for somebody who's already there. Yeah. I thought both of you would say it's about a relationship, but the first time I heard this song, I, mean, I can remember thinking about this song, I thought it was about depression. I, I thought that... This is about being with someone who's depressed or like going through a mental illness and just waiting on them to change. But when I see him perform it, I almost think he's the one who's depressed and he's the one who is because I don't think in the last course, I don't think he's saying that I've been waiting on you. He's like, I'm hanging on you and I'm weighing on you. I think he changes the weight to weighing. He does. I'm I'm the weight. And I'm I'm hanging on you like I'm. You I think know, you're depressed. I'm gonna. I, th- I think I think it can it, it can apply both ways. I really like the lyrics. I I, I will say it because I, I do think it works both ways to where it's either a relationship that you've been in with someone who you're waiting for them to change. Feel like I've been in a lot of relationships like, like but that. But when you I'm hear, see, yeah. I'm with Neil. When Everyone. I heard it, I just want to say no, I I've never had any opinion because I've never been able to understand a single fucking word. I just love the vibe of it. And then once yeah. I looked up the lyrics, I was even more pleasantly surprised. Yeah. He takes a certain trope, which is he's taking summer and winter. He's basically mm-hmm. taking good and bad yeah, and yeah. saying, and so however you take that in terms of, but for me, it's depression, bipolar, whatever, mental illness. You're, if, you're, if you've ever been with somebody who is struggling with that and you're waiting on them to change or you're, or, or you're waiting on, them to change like yeah back and i or think come back, cause it almost leaves you i do like this that he kind of leaves you with the winner or evil or whatever bad waiting well it's so for the circular next time for it it's to like come around. winter winter yeah. comes summer comes and then winter comes again it's just the like winter will crave what is gone mm-hmm. and what is all gone away i mean it, but it comes back as it breaks the summer will wake but the summer goes to sleep at a certain point winter takes over i think it's as tony soprano said uh the circle jerk of life. Because <laughs> it's the circle, circle jerk of life. Of life. Not like going jumps. back to Elton John as well. Oh, so, oh there you go. Back to Elton John. <laughs> the circle jerk t- part two. So the thing uh, that I actually love about him in this instance is 
it reminds me of Van Morrison because there are so many Van Morrison songs that I love, love, and I don't know what in the hell the words are. Uh, now, now, obviously, some of the big yeah. ones, but to me, they're almost like a, a, a modern, almost like a techno dancey Van Morrison because it's just intensity and vibe and very compelling, but without being exactly specific about what it is. But when you read it, then the lyrics are there. There's definitely, like, there is a there there, as they say. So after listening to it this week, and I'm, I'm sure looking at the lyrics, what is your favorite lyric? Well, it would have been what Neil said about the take a piece and lose one too. But, man, that B section that as it breaks, the summer will wake, but the winter will wash what is left of the taste. As it breaks, the summer will warm, but the winter will crave what is gone, will crave what is all gone away. That's good yeah. shit. That's good. I think that, that that's very poetic and very just... That's it's the best so part concise. Of the song. Lyrically, so that's the best part. Of the song, I can't think of sure. many other people these days who have lyrics that good. You guys may know better than me. Anybody you got that's that concise and that effective? And that's that's a, and and it's circular. That's the circular part of the song. Is your and seasons are circular. So. <laughs> no, but so are there, is, is, is there anybody you guys may know that I'm not aware of that you feel like have lyrics on this level? There's plenty. Like right now. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying there's not. I'm just saying no one else comes to my mind. Most bands I listen to, it, it doesn't stand out as like being just like really? genius. No. Lyrically, no. I would say, you know what's similar to this? Lyrically, it's like a band that I, I like like two or three of their songs, which I think are great lyrically. And somewhat similar to this is Grizzly Bear. Okay. I can't think of the names of the songs because I don't I've know I've heard them, some of that but, stuff, yep. But I, I do think it's great. I, and I also think what you were saying specifically is just, it's so powerful the way he sings it. I don't know if it's as much about the lyrics. Uh, like I said, when I first heard the song, he could be singing the fucking dictionary. Just right. the way the chorus comes in is so powerful. But I think it's both. And it is coupled with nice words, but I don't I don't think they're just off the charts genius. Really? I think I just think they're no. so cons- I mean, give me some more. Like, who, who'd you say? You said, who'd you say, Neil? Radiohead, Beck, The Strokes, I don't, see, I don't think Radiohead. I don't think Radiohead's lyrics um, are that great. Uh, I think they're good. I don't think lyrics are their strong suit. No. Well, I think some. I think they have. I think they have really. I think they have a high ceiling. House of Cards is fucking amazing. Yeah. I mean, I think it's really good. But I don't. I don't think the thing is the lyrics about this song. I think it's the sincerity and the the passion in which he sings them. But I think that's there too. Talk, I think it's both. Look. I mean, I think. I think the Fruit Bats have just as good a lyrics as this guy. Except um, for the. If we're talking about. Recent stuff. I, there's a guy. There's a band called Susto that I think has just as good lyrics on certain songs. Well, so I here's think. my thing. While you're thinking, is I could read these lyrics just on the page and be impressed, even without hearing them saying that way. And there aren't many bands I see that with. I agree that the, the lyrics of the song are very good. Uh, uh, there's no. They're not. And I'm not debating. I'm just curious. A ten. Uh, they're not a ten, but they're more than sufficient for the song and for the melody. So Future Islands consists of band members Garrett Wilmers, William Cashin, Samuel T. Herring, and Michael Lowry. And it does look like Samuel T. Herring, the singer, writes the lyrics. Yes, but they all wrote the song together. Like right, the song, the, but the music, yes. Sure, yes. but the lyrics itself, it looks like that is. And did you say the drummer was Mike Lowry? <laughs> Mike Lowry. Who is uh, that? Sorry, that's a, um, that's, a, that's that's Martin Lawrence's character in. Uh, oh, because I because what's his name? Fucking uh. That, oh no no no! It's Bad Boys. I'm yeah, sorry. It's Bad, Bad Boys. Boys. And it's and it's uh. With Will Smith. Will Smith yeah. is Mike Lowry. Oh he oh yeah. That's yeah. Right. So, <laughs> but it's funny because because Little Wayne uh, Little Wayne mentions him in uh, a Millie, and I love that tune, and I'm like I, I was always like who the fuck is Mike Lowry? Because <laughs> he, he says it just like that. It's really cool. 
This song is uh, just musically. It's it's very simple. It's just it's a lot of synth, bass, guitar, and a brilliant vocal performance and drums. Obviously, I love how it kind of builds from the beginning. It just comes in with the synth. The bass drops in really heavy, and then right before he starts singing, more synth comes in. That it's almost like a, a drone of like high and low. That really like kind of puts a bed underneath what he's about to uh, start singing. And it, it kind of builds all the way through. It builds from the, the, the beginning to when the bass drops in to when he starts singing to the chorus. Like, that whole minute and a half is all a build up to the chorus. When the chorus does come in, it's so different. Like, the bass line changes from an actual, like, instrument bass to a synth bass. It's all droning. Like, as soon as the chorus comes in, you can't even hear, like, a bass being played. As soon as the chorus drops yeah. out, you hear boom, 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 And I feel like I, I don't hear much guitar in it other than in the chorus matching the bass, just bringing that kind of power chord bed to the chorus. song is about is about the vocal performance and just his guttural style of singing and sincerity sometimes uh, in a lot of their songs in live he can kind of go overboard with it but i think in this song they find the right space between a very unique vocal a very sweet song very well written he doesn't he doesn't go too far with his very nice i like that <laughs> one of the reasons i really like this song so much is because i like it right from the start you know the melody the comp- the passion, all that stuff. But then I dig a little bit deeper and like, oh, the lyrics are great too, they happen to be. You know, on top of the unique performance, all this. But then, you know, when I'm just listening to it, and of course the vocals are cool, but then the bass line is so fucking dope. Like, it's so cool. And so anytime a song, I like it from the start, but then as I dig, I find more and more things I like about it. So it's like, it's not a one-trick pony kind of song. The bass player is getting down, and it's not funky. It's not hyper, like, rhythmic and swingy. But it's very precise, and it's almost it's it's like a less funky, more techno version of uh, Rio or something by Duran Duran. It's got that kind of vibe. Now it's not quite that level of baseline, but it's really cool. And there again, when you have a song with multi layers like that, um, it really like sets the hook in pretty you know pretty deep. I mean, the best part of this song to me is the melody and the vocal. By far, yeah, it's the standout yeah, part that, of the song. You know, the music is is fine, and it it accompanies the vocal very well. I mean, I think even when you see him perform it, it's all about the vocal. And it's all about them having a tight pocket behind him to really mess around in. It is, but it's very, like, they just like with Dylan, it's all about the lyrics. But they put him in a place to really succeed. I don't think it's all about the no, lyrics. My, my I point think it's is, all with about every artist, there's, it's all about the one thing. With Hendrix, it's all about the guitar. I'm saying with every artist, there's a focal point. And with them, you're right, it's the front guy. But the backing the band, the, the band's crushing it. They're doing a real good job. Yeah, yeah, th- th- it's super tight. I don't think they're doing anything that's like, I think probably the most interesting thing musically for me is that little synth riff at the beginning. The wow, 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 wow. Boom, 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 boom. Everything that sticks out is all the vocal. It's not even the lyrics. It's just his voice. I think sometimes 
the reason that stuff doesn't stick out to you, like it, simplicity is so good sometimes. They, they don't want anything else to really stick out. Oh yeah, I mean, I, th- I, I, I agree. That's the point yeah, for sure. Yeah, and, and I think this was a, a huge achievement as far as them like musically songwriting because it, it was such a smash hit. Most people, most media outlets look at this as 2014's best song as far as like, you know, not pop. But just on the indie alternative kind of rock and roll, but as the as the number one song of twenty fourteen, yeah. yes, most this most one? people think not surprising, yeah. not surprising. This is like number one by some some magazine, whatever. But like a lot of folks have never even heard of this band. That's why I didn't know sure. like if you guys because no one's ever mentioned them to me. It's just one of those things where I discovered them and and they had a good showing when I saw them. is is, is a great venue musically. I think it is great the way the the pounding bass. Sometimes I would love to write a song where the bass just does that, just a bo 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 bo. It creates such a a great power, and it's almost like pop. Like people want to hear that, and it's almost back to our Arcade Fire conversation, where it's very similar to a lot of Arcade Fire songs. It comes in just bo 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 bo, hitting the roots, bringing in a lot of power. Yeah, and just one more thing to the bass line. I love at the end that little like almost bass solo the guy's doing. Yeah. Like right at the very end of the song. It's super cool. We're just kind of just showing off a little bits. Yeah, and that, that's another thing. I, there, a lot of the songs we do on here, I, I think I pointed out, like the outro kind of loses me. This song doesn't lose me. I'm in from second one to the end of the song well it's very concise too it It almost and it doesn't end too quick but it's almost like oh it's over cool yeah but the outro is just i've been waiting on you Mm -hmm. come on yeah i I never listen to the song just once anytime i listen to it i always play it just again just to hear it the thing i love about it is uh, in the verse where he's like um seasons change and the bass is like boom 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 like the bass player is like getting down like in the gaps Mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. is really cool, man. Like it's like if yeah. you listen between the vocal lines, like the bass player really kind of s- steps up and, and 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 yeah, it's it's all bass and just like yeah. very just artistic synth surrounding it. The bass, the bass and the vocal. You could just sing the song with the bass and, and yeah, his I mean, vocal. It, it, it's very sparse musically. Yeah. yeah, chorus is a wall of sound coming at yeah, you. Yeah, I mean that's that's a wall of sound, sure, but it's still only. It's like a synth and, and bass and drums, right? It's yeah. Like well, it, but it's layered. Drum. There, there's it's there's layered. a lot of yeah. synth layers. There's bass synth layers. bass, and there's almost like a hydro, like hitting the notes, like bing Like it's just a wall of the root notes coming right at you and, with him and, kind and of fluctuating. What does that change? And what is the change? I mean, is it what's happening when they go into that chorus though? Because it's such a big change. Like, what are they doing chord wise? Well, I think it's just instrumentation. The, the synth comes in and gets real big. Sure, getting big, but What's, also the, melodically, you're going somewhere that take that. But he it's, has to but it's get also up. the what would that be? The flat, uh, just uh, almost a step and a half. That's always a big fun, like A to C is. The it's same. oriented around the two chord of the key. That's really nice. I mean, that that's really nice how it, how it goes into that. Whether you leave the. I mean, just playing it on acoustic guitar, it's also melodically just really pretty. So without all the synth and without all the wall of sound, it really, it may, and, and vocally, it makes you kind of step up where you're going, you know, I've been waiting on you. Well, that's what's so cool about it. It's like, if you take away... As a break! Right. I mean, like, you have to go up, like, immediately. There's no build into that. It's just like, stop, right. up. I think listening, to, like, playing the song on an acoustic guitar melodically, I think is the... It's amazing. It's a great, great 
fucking melody. If you take away all that shit and put on acoustic guitar and it's still good, that's a good sign. Exactly. So, so, so that comes to a question that you've asked before, Jonathan, of because I know a lot of, you know, this song is is somewhat popular as well because of their performance on Letterman. But I also think it's a great song. So, is it a better song or is it a better performance? It doesn't have to be one or the other. They're just both great. Well, I think well, it's a it's it's a beautiful song and. The reason it got so popular was because of the Letterman performance. It's all, it was almost turned into a meme where Letterman was like, whatever that is, I'll take all you got. Yeah, right. <laughs> and how many bands has that guy seen? That goes to yeah, show no, right no, That's yeah, and, thing. And, and they, they did something. Um, his friggin' dancing in that is out of control. His singing. Um, so that but performance I, specifically changed the trajectory of this band. But I would argue that the, the song is much better than that performance. So I completely agree. Yeah. But they're both great. I mean, it's not like a one or the other. I mean, sh- what's the other performance that year that Letterman's like, I'll take all you got out of that. I mean, they can both be I mean, at the but top. But it's all about his dancing. And, it's true, and, but, they're, they're, but they can like, both be great. No, it's like, not like one has to be I think less the por- I think the performances, because I watch one on Jules Holland where he basically does the same dance steps. Oh, yeah, he does it every time. But James Brown kind of does theatrical. the same dance steps every time. I mean, you can't have multiple sure. things. I mean, I get it. I'd rather watch James it, Brown dance than yeah, this guy. And you said that you wanted to uh, originally almost talk about that specifically, that performance, which I thought was cool, but I came to the song first through the audio version. I liked it a lot more. The Letterman performance, I almost feel like what he's doing with his voice is cool, but it's it almost seems too like too much like a parlor trick. It's just a... It, it's, it, it takes away from the beauty of the song where it's just like, but I think it's too, I think it's too weird to be a parlor trick. That's what I like about it. Like, they're not afraid to make something. Well, no, but, no, but I'm saying after watching so many, listening, if you listen to more of their music, he does it all the time. And every time he does this song, he does that. And a lot of times he does it even more so. I did read that he has some kind of vocal thing that, that came about after they recorded this album. Uh, or maybe before, and so he has to to make up for the fact he can't hit certain ranges oh, anymore. He just started to growl. It was a conscious decision. Oh, that's cool. Because I, to be honest, when I first heard the or when I was listening to the Letterman performances and looking at the lyrics this week, I was like, oh, so he's trying to take on that kind of winner role, the evil like, like wait, you know, like because he's growling like I'm, and he's so theatrical. It's almost like he's in well, Boston yeah, or yeah, whatever. Yeah, and, and, and Hamlet, right. That goes back to their original band. I mean, I think they were a very theatrical performing, the, the art lord and the self-portraits. <laughs> that performance on Letterman, I came across this quote, this guy from this website, Here Comes the Song, Phil Shaw wrote. Song. <laughs> he said, how he dances through the song, the guy's low twisting as if he's stubbing out an imaginary cigarette or working up to a spot of limbo dancing. <laughs> to watch, watch him thump his chest like Tarzan and seemingly attempt to pull bits out of his T-shirt. His dancing is... I, I mean, he, I love how he's committing to it. That was part of the whole the whole show and why it became such a sensation. But it's a ridiculous dance. That's why that's awesome. No one does it <laughs> I know. ridiculous anymore. It, no, no it sticks in my brain. It sticks in my brain. But, I, but, it, I, but it takes away from the song for me. It's overly theatrical. And the funny thing about this band as well is like the, when I first heard them, I remember think I I was very surprised they're an American band when when we when I was looking into this this week I thought they were from England I, I just assumed that. they were a British band, of course this guy sings like that. I would say it's overtly theatrical, but I wouldn't say it's overly because I mean I just think it's once again like I feel like no one takes any chances anymore. No one ever that everybody's afraid to be fucking weird. 
Like everything's platitudes and, and just same old same well, old. Well, it depends it, on who you're talking about. Talk I don't think most, it's bad. I don't think, I don't think it's bad like, to be overly. I, I never see anyone do something that's just generally fucking batshit on a stage anymore. I don't even know if he's like moving in time with yeah, the song. Yeah, totally I mean, it's it's. <laughs> it would make sense that you wouldn't be sure of that. Questionable. It's questionable. It would make sense that you wouldn't be sure about the rhythm. I wouldn't expect I, you to. I don't know, man. I'm not I, asking I, you. I'm what, telling no. you. He's totally moving. In I'm telling you. Well, he's, he's, in, he's dancing well. to the offbeat. That's for sure. When you, when I mean, he's you watch him and he does that arm swing, it's not with. It's he's like, not uh, out of time. Like, he's not Mick no, Jagger. No. <laughs> no. I don't know what song he's dancing to half the time. And I love Mick Jagger. Okay, production-wise, I think it's yet... Another layer that I really dig that, you know, Josh, and you've kind of hinted at it, is that they have the wherewithal to stay out of the way of everything and just let the song work. It's, it's almost abstract in the sense that the most important parts are abstracted, and that's all you got. You got, like, four pieces, and but in those four pieces, you have everything you need. Um, I was in Spain. I had seen a, a T-shirt or a picture, and I, I, I keep looking for it. It's a uh, Picasso, and it's literally, like, one line. But just in this one line, you can totally clearly see the silhouette of a bull. And it is so brilliant. And that's how I see this. As it's not like they're throwing everything in hoping something will work. They have only what is necessary. It's very austere, yet it's also very expressive and very unique. And it's hard to do that with very, like, you know, you have a polyphonic spree or somebody, there's 25 motherfuckers on stage. It's like, fine, you can be weird. But to be concise and unique is very hard to do. You know, production-wise, they, they definitely got out of the way and let this guy do his thing, which, you know, I've already said, the vocal, which is the vocal. And the lyrics are great, but and the other musicians knew to also get out of the way and let this guy do his thing with his voice and the song, and I think that's they did a great job. I also just kind of realized as you were saying that, because obviously the vocals are the thing, it's very much almost like The Doors, where Morrison gets all the credit, but without Ray Manzarek and, like, Robbie Krieger and John Densmore making him, putting him in a position to succeed, he's not going to succeed like he did. And he's the first to recognize. That's why Jim Morrison's great. One of the many reasons, because he's the first to recognize that he's one-fourth of the doors. Yes, and, and, but let me caveat that with, I mean, the vocals would be nothing without the melody. So, like, I mean, the melody well, yeah, I mean, is that... probably the most important part. The vocals take the, the melody to the next level. Sure. For this song. Yeah, and I think to what you said, Jonathan, just getting out of the way, because it's such a beautiful song, like, just don't fuck it up. You know, I feel like I could have produced this song in some ways, because just the way they wrote it, I, I read a, um, a blurb about, they the he wrote the lyrics, they went and jammed it for an hour and a half, Samuel T. Herring went home, he mixed it a little bit on his computer, called his bandmates, and was like, this is the best song we've ever written. This, this is amazing, like, nice. called them probably super stoked, like, holy shit. <laughs> you know that new sound you've been looking for? <laughs> That's, they should have been called Marvin We got Barry. the best song of 2014, guys. <laughs> um, they yeah, but yeah, it's just, such, it's just such a fantastic song. I, I, I can't point out much from the production because it's just such good songwriting and musicianship. I don't know how much the the synth went into production, but... But it's kind of like the way like Rick Rubin gets so much credit. And I'm like, you get credit for putting a mic on Johnny Cash with an acoustic guitar? Like... But the thing is, most <laughs> folks weren't doing that then. And the fact that they have the wherewithal to stay out of the way, and also I will say this, um, just as a guy in a band, write songs and stuff, um, there's no greater feeling than when you put something together and you're like, this is great. That's a feeling that, that's that's arguably, all the other cool shit is cool, but man, when you have a song and you're like, this is what I've always wanted to do, that's the best feeling of all time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This song is very similar to When Will I Be Loved in the fact it's a, 
pretty much a perfect song. There, I have, I can't critique Ooh, anything that's about high it. Praise it's, right there. Mr. It's Bones. not my favorite song, but just like "When Will I Be Loved," it's all about the vocal. The music is great, but it's very simple and stays out of the way. The lyrics are really good. Don't forget the dancing. Don't and there's the really dancing. no critique. I can't make a critique on anything in these two songs. Everybody's too worried about being cool. And these guys are just going out doing their thing. And that I, I love anybody who will do that. So I guess, Jonathan, since you picked a song, obviously the shoe fits. Yeah, it, it fits so much that I want the other shoe. Like once said, I can never listen to it just once. I always have to listen. It's like a Snickers fun size. I have to, I have, to have a second helping every time. <laughs> yeah, the shoe fits like a winter boot and a summer sneaker. <laughs> Summer sneaker. sneaker. You say a summer sneaker? Sneaker. <laughs> this is, yeah, this is like this is like a, a good like wallaby. Wallaby. You know, no no, no socks. Wearing wallabies with well, shorts. I thought you were talking wallaby. about like. I, thought, I was like, why are you talking about? You going on a walkabout, dude? I'm like, <laughs> wallaby. Yeah, You've been yeah, in fucking Bel Air too long, son. What are you doing? <laughs> Y'all don't know what a wallaby I is. I know the fucking animal in Australia. That's something I go to shoe f- by footwear reference. No, it's, I don't even know it from Bel Air. I know it from Mississippi. It's a, it's from Clark's, the shoe brand. It's a wallaby. It's like that tan like. I know what that is. Wait, boat shoe. But wallaby by definition huh? is a fucking. What's it? What are they? They're koala uh, bear. I don't know. There's Isn't something in Australia. Uh, I actually have no idea. Uh, I thought there was something similar to a kangaroo. It is. Yeah. But, yeah, there's a shoe from Clark's. They're, they're very comfortable, and you can wear them over and over again. I mean, I could listen to the song over and over again. Sponsored by Wallabies. <laughs> you know, a little, a little Wallabies in the summertime, some shorts. You're Australian. Um, Be Australian. <laughs> walking in the desert, you know. I actually, I, uh, moving into Under the Covers, I, I didn't even I look to see if there were any covers. I don't think anyone would have the... The nuts to try it. Nobody but this guy right here. I mean, people have the nuts to try Nobody a lot but this of guy right here. songs that they should. Well, we're about to try it. <laughs> oh, yeah. My favorite it covers the one we're fucking about to do. That's All right. right. <laughs> so influences. Like, if, if you, what do you think their influences were? What did they influence? If you. One thing I read that they, at, at, for a while, they compared to, they were compared to Tom Waits or Joe Cocker fronting New Order. I could see that. That's good. <laughs> Which is hilarious. Um, um, also, I think if uh, hilarious that you would put those two vocalists in the same fucking like category. I don't really see that. Joe Carker was a much better. Is yeah. a much what's better. The gu- it's than the well, no, thing. It, what's the? It's I the, get it, but like he's a much better vocalist than Tom Waits. Sure Tom is. Waits is more interesting, but yeah, but well, the, it's, it's the growling. But, it's the it's when he gets all fucking sure. crazy and like Jonathan said, Tom Waits isn't afraid oh. to be himself. It's um, like it's like if Cujo's fronting New Order. <laughs> I don't know if they're influenced, but it there there's part of this song specifically that reminds me of War on Drugs. Huh. Just that just the the driving bass line. They dubbed themselves Post Wave. The first the first post wave band. They're post wave. <laughs> now that's balls right there post-wave. to just create your own genre. That's what I'm talking about. Post wave. I would say like they're influenced by the theater. For me, the dude re- really reminds me of Brando. It's like Brando doing Hamlet or something with the skull, like contemplating himself and life. Yeah. Uh, and there again, Van Morrison esque because it's super com- compelling, but very vague on the lyrics. But then you read the lyrics and it's like, fuck, the lyrics are good too. But there again, like you said, <laughs> with New Order, a little bit of Duran Duran sensibilities. I mean, this, at least in this song, it's very like it, it'll definitely it's got a good hook without I think without feeling like they're looking for a hook. It just sounds like they stumbled into yeah. uh, something that really works. And again, when I first heard the song, I was like, I've never heard anybody sound like Elton John. 
and that's always stuck with me whenever I hear the song. I can yeah, I agree with really that after you said that. it. And The Cure, maybe a little bit of that in here. And New new Order, sure. Yeah. I got your Elton John comp, Scissor Sisters. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, that one I, song I, I was so Elton heard Johnny that time. it was too Elton Johnny. I haven't heard that in a long time. It's not to, even... You can, but this is, a have you ever, this is a specific Elton John inflection where he's like... You keep singing yes, Creed, Creed talking every about time Elton I do John. It. I do it confusingly. Have you ever heard the Scissor Sisters do um, Pink Floyd? Comfortably numb, I believe they, they uh-uh. cover. It's pretty great. <laughs> nice. I also like the I like the Van Morrison comp. Yeah. So uh, now we're gonna play the song uh, by Future Islands Seasons, and in parentheses, somebody help me out. Waiting on you. In parentheses. <laughs> Say parentheses. Nice. left 
of the taste As it breaks The summer will warm But the winter will crave what is gone Will crave what is gone Will crave what is on you just heard of Future Islands Seasons Waiting on You performed by Mr. Jonathan Horton on vocals and guitar thanks for listening to Podgave Rock if you enjoy the podcast please subscribe on Apple iTunes Spotify however you listen to your pod if you want to follow us on Twitter or Instagram our handle is at Podgave Rock and next week is Mr. Neil Marsh's week. Neil, what are we going to be discussing? We're going to be discussing the instant hit, Instant Karma, written and performed by John Lennon in 1970. All right. Can't wait! <laughs> <laughs>